You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Monsters 2. Hello my radio friends. I'm so glad you've joined me today for another Give Me the Bible program. Last week we considered a vision God gave the prophet Daniel that concerned some major world events that were depicted by monsters. The fourth monster represented the Roman Empire and developments that took place in it, especially as it related to an unusual power that grew up from within it. That power has been identified as the Roman Church. This week we are introduced to three monsters, one of which was part of Daniel's vision. God has given his prophets visions from time to time, and the prophet John was shown a number of visions. He wrote them down in what we know as the last book of the Bible, Revelation. In Revelation 13, John writes about a dragon, then a monster rising out of the sea, and also of another monster that rose up out of the land. All three were up to no good and were in opposition to God. The dragon-like monster was and is the main one, although the least is said about it. In Revelation 13 verse 2, in referring to the monster rising from the sea, the Bible says this, The dragon gave the monster his power and his throne and his great authority. So, who or what is the dragon? In Revelation 12, verses 7 to 9, the answer is given. It says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. The statement is abundantly clear. Four names were given to the dragon. They were the great dragon, that ancient serpent, the devil and Satan. So the dragon is Satan. Now you don't have to be a brain surgeon to work out that anything or anyone that has anything to do with Satan has evil intentions and evil purposes and of course is involved in evil. The first monster mentioned in Revelation 13 rises out of the sea. It is the same monster, although depicted in a different way, as the fourth monster that Daniel was shown. Revelation 13 verses 1 and 2. It says, And I saw a monster coming out of the sea. 
It had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw, or the monster I saw, resembled a leopard, but it had feet like those of a bear, and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the monster his power, and his throne, and his great authority. And you'll notice we have the masculine pronoun his used there. Like what was shown to Daniel, this monster rose from the sea. The sea represents an area of high population. The monster had aspects of the previous kingdoms, like a leopard body for Greece, bear's feet for Medo-Persia, and a lion's mouth for Babylon. The monster refers to the Roman Empire. But John saw something different than Daniel. It concerned one of the heads. John writes in verse 3, One of the heads of the monster seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the monster. John then writes about the great power, authority and influence this monster power exerted. In verses 5 to 8, John wrote, The monster was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language and nation. All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the monster. All those whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. Notice the similarities. The monster uttered blasphemies and proud words against God. The monster exercised its authority for 42 months, that is, 1260 years. He persecuted God's people and conquered them. The fatal wound that healed most probably refers to the time when the Pope was taken prisoner by the French in 1798 and when Popes from then on ruled in exile. In 1929, the Vatican was returned to the Roman Church and it has independent since then as the seat of the papacy. Reference is made again to this monster power in chapter 14. It is a stern message of warning. There's this loud proclamation, that's Revelation 14.9. If anyone worships the monster power and his image and receives his mark on the forehead, or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's wrath. In other words, 
The verse is saying that those who worship this power will be severely punished by God. But did you notice who will worship this power? Verse 8 tells that the whole world, except God's true people, will worship it. Now, could be could this be a different power than what's already been identified? If you think it could be communism, there are some problems. Communism did arise in a populated area, and, population, and communism denies the existence of God. But communism had nothing to do with requiring worship. In fact, it opposed worship. So it's not very likely that communism is this monster power. So could it be Islam? No. Although Islam began in a populated area, it does not demand worship of itself. There is no living figurehead, and it does not blaspheme the name of God. As you probably know, Muslims call God Allah, and they do not treat anyone who blasphemes the name of God lightly. The power is the same as the horn power mentioned in Daniel 7. It is the papacy, that is, the Roman Church. If the papacy, the Catholic hierarchy, blasphemes God, in what form does that happen? Well, blasphemy can show itself in two ways. Firstly, in making fun of God. And I consider the exclamation, exclamation, Oh my God, blasphemy, as it dishonours the name of God. Secondly, when someone claims to be God or to be equal with God, that too is blasphemy. I want you to notice a few statements. They're all taken from significant Roman Catholic writings. Here's one. We may, according to the fullness of our power, dispose of the law and dispense above the law. Those whom the Pope of Rome doth separate, it is not a man that separates them, but God. For the Pope holds the place on earth not simply of a man, but of the true God. Now that's saying that the Pope holds a position of not merely man, but of God. Now here's another statement. This is from the Roman Catholic New York Catechism. It says, The Pope takes the place of Jesus Christ on earth by divine right. The Pope has supreme and full power in faith, in morals over each and every pastor and his flock. He is the true vicar, the head of the entire church, the father and teacher of all Christians. Now listen to this. He is the infallible ruler, the founder of dogmas, dogmas, the author of and the judge of councils, the universal ruler of truth, the arbiter of the world, the supreme judge of heaven and earth. 
the judge of all, being judged by no one. He is God himself on earth. Do you notice that in this, the Pope is called God himself on earth. One more short one. The title, Lord God the Pope. These words appeared in the canon law of Rome. And it says this, To believe that our Lord God the Pope has not the power to decree as he is decreed is to be deemed heretical. Notice that the title given to the Pope here is Our Lord God the Pope. Now the first of these three statements says that the Pope has divine right. That is, has been given the right by God to make such claims. This is in itself a pompous, boastful claim that this Roman church power has the temerity to make. In Revelation 13 verse 9, the prophecy says, All inhabitants of the earth will worship this monster power, all except God's true people, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You'd be quite justified to ask, how is that possible? Well, I can't rightly tell you, except that in the religious world some very strange and significant things are happening. Eucumenism is snowballing. There are Protestant churches that have signed agreements with the Catholics. Others have declared that the Pope is the head of the Christian church on earth. But there's still a long way to go for the whole world to worship this power. But the Bible tells us that other help to drive forward that goal will come. And I'll tell you more about that straight after the break. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear falling on my ear The Son of God disclosed Through the voice of one 
voice to me is calling and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy Before the break, I mentioned that in order to for the whole world to worship this beast power or this monster power, that help will come. And in Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, reveals where the help will come from. John says, I saw another monster coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first monster on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first monster whose fatal wound had been healed. There are many Bible scholars who agree that this monster power is the United States of America. They base their ideas on, firstly, the fact that America rose up from a relatively uninhabited part of the earth. And secondly, it had two lamb-like horns, relatively harmless and innocent. Some commentators explain that the two horns are two fundamental rights of the American Constitution that is, freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Further to that, although this power looks harmless, it has the voice like a dragon, meaning that it is authoritative, fearsome and powerful. That description accurately describes USA. There is the saying that when America sneezes, the rest of the world catches cold. But the prophecy doesn't stop there. This power, the United States, sets up an image to the first power. In verses 14 and 15 it says, He ordered them to set up an image in honour of the first monster who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Now, an image is something that looks like the real thing. The question must be asked then, what characteristics would the image share with the first monster? Well, firstly, it would be in support of the ecclesiastical, that is, of religious matters. Secondly, it would promote the same aims and goals. 
Thirdly, it would promote false worship. Fourthly, it would be in opposition to God. And fifthly, it would assist in persecuting God's faithful people. Well, all that sounds quite perplexing and quite worrying. The most plausible explanation is that the Protestant churches will be used to promote the interests and goals of the papacy in America. But that could never happen, could it? Sorry, but it already is happening. Many American evangelical and Pentecostal churches have agreed to cooperate and become united with the papacy. Some have already accepted the Pope as their spiritual head. You can find out for yourself by checking up on the web. Type in, for example, Kenneth Copeland and see what you come up with. Almost all Protestant churches have already accepted papal authority inasmuch as that they have incorporated the unbiblical false day of worship. Here's a quote from the National Review, August 3, 2017. It talks about the Pew Research Centre, which is all about religious issues. The Pew Research Centre is interested in discovering trends in the religious world. In 2017, it published some recent findings. Here is one related to what is happening in the U.S., U.S. Protestants are split on an issue that played a key role in the Reformation. 46% say the Bible provides all religious guidance Christians need, a traditionally Protestant belief known as sola scriptura. But 52% say Christians should look to guidance from church teachings and traditions as well as from the Bible. And that's the position held by the Catholic Church. In a massive effort to gather the religious bodies into one fold, Pope Francis has sought to gather them against fundamentalism and Protestantism. The cry is that the protest is over. You may know that the papacy has, for some years now, worked hard to have Protestants return to the so-called Mother Catholic Church. Part of this drive is that all religious groups must unite to fight global warming in order to save the planet. Sounds good. But is it enough? Should anyone abandon the truth-filled biblical beliefs and practices in their lives for the sake of unity? The Pope is also warning governments about fundamentalist Christianity, and listen to this, and that it must be combated. The definition of fundamentalism, fundamentalism rather, is, one, a form of religion, especially Islam or Protestant Christianity, 
that upholds belief in the strict literal interpretation of Scripture. So, with a decline in biblical affiliation, many Protestant American churches are endeavouring to combine forces in order to be strong. Furthermore, fundamentalist groups whose faith is based only on what the Bible teaches are being ostracised. In that way, God's faithful people are being pressurised to conform to a compromise. Thus, the image to the monster is doing its dirty work for him. But the Bible does not stop here. In Revelation 14 are three messages that are to go out to the whole world in the last days of earth's history. The third message is, and this is very relevant given the way events are shaping up in the religious world, it says, If anyone worships the monster and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, he himself shall also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. What's being said here is that those individuals who support the monster power or the image that is set up to promote the monster's power's agenda, they will be thoroughly dealt with by God. They'll be punished and be ultimately annihilated. My friends, these evil monster powers will try to force you to abandon your conscience and become part of a compromise. But what they do not tell you is that the devil is behind them and is successfully manipulating large religious organisations to draw you into his trap. My prayer for you is that it will be said of you, here is someone who keeps the commandments of God and has the faith of Jesus. Stand firm. Be of good courage. Jesus is coming soon, and it is my hope that you will be faithful to your calling, and instead of receiving punishment, will receive eternal life.